Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. Lawrence. Here's Gulami. I'll be back. Hey guys, welcome back to Who Watches the Watchers, uh, the one and only podcast that gives you not only a comic book episode every week, but a movie episode as well. Uh, My name is Ian. This is Paul Damien. And this is Kenny. And this week, we're talking about Venom, issues 1 through 12, by Donny Cates, Ryan Stegman, uh, Iban Coel, I guess, uh, and Joshua Casara. Uh, Frank Martin does the colors of the majority of the issues. Mm. I didn't get the information on the rest. The book's sitting over here somewhere, but, you know, it's not going to be that one. It's going to be volume two that we see, but it's all right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> let's get into it. So this is this is actually the first time Venom got repopular in a long time, mm-hmm. was through this comic book. And this was to come out for the movies that, you know, we will eventually see later down the line you know what i mean right. like and that you'd even say like eddie brock's venom specifically because i right. feel like flash thompson as agent venom had had a pretty good run not yeah. too long mm-hmm. before you know this Damn it. Okay. <laughs> i'm done anyway so yeah this, um, this kind of resurged this his was, relevance and it was it was but this was this for the first venom movie yes. like this yes. was for venom one yeah, yeah this, this was the hype of the fact that they're making a Venom movie about Eddie Brock. They were like, okay, right. well, let's revitalize Venom. Let's bring Eddie back. Because uh, Eddie was dead. Eddie died of cancer. Eddie became anti-Venom or something like that. Uh, and then he died of right. cancer. Got you. And then in the meantime, of course, Flash, Flash Thompson had become Venom. But there was other, I think, Venom symbiotes that would uh, take over other people. At the same time, oh, you know what? Also, Max Gargan was Venom for a long time, actually, hmm. which is okay. the Scorpion. Yeah. He became Venom for a, actually a long time. And was a villain. Yes. Still. And, and, and went by Venom as well? Yes. It wasn't like Toxin by, or like, no, you know, he, Mistake or, you know, whatever <laughs> those monsters get themselves. Sludge. Yeah. Sludge bomb. Yeah, slurp. Or, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, those are other symbiotes. Okay. I know. Exactly. But yeah, uh, of course, Rick Remender did Agent Venom, which we will do on this podcast eventually. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, Preferably. Because uh, that shit good. And I mean, I even like the little, little bit of flashes we got to enjoy of it in here, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And there was even an homage to it saying like, oh, everybody agrees. We all know Agent Venom yeah. was badass. Was like, dope as hell. Yeah, yeah. That's basically <laughs> what they say, right? Yeah. Like, to, to spoil it right out the gate, we find out pretty early on that Flash Thompson is dead mm-hmm. in this comic. Mm-hmm. Do you know right. anything about that? Because that yeah. was something that I was a little confused on. And I mean, yeah, we're just a spoiler for our listeners too because I would like to know like what, what killed Flash Thompson. I don't remember exactly, but it was during the time where Norman was the Red Goblin oh. and he had the Carnage symbiote. Okay. And... Flash was actually anti-venom, but he because he uses the venom in that certain way, mm-hmm. he still looked like Agent Venom, just white. Gotcha. And so, um, which I've seen before. I've mm-hmm. seen the white, yeah, Agent Venom before. And there was this whole thing 
about like Spider-Man versus Venom again or something like that. It was like a mini arc right before the end of Dan Slott's run of Spider-Man. And I think it was Norman that kills Flash. As as Red Goblin? At, he is Red Goblin mm-hmm. and Flash is anti-agent yeah. Venom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anti-agent Venom. Anti-aging yeah. Venom. You know, he just got that good cream. Yeah, <laughs> it's just white cream, you know? Um, <laughs> nice. Um, white cream. Yeah, white cream. Uh, but yeah, I think he kills him during, I think it's Dan Slott's last issue on Spider-Man. So it was Dan Slott okay. who killed Flash yeah. Thompson. And I'm pretty sure Eddie was there. And so that's another thing that happens throughout the story is that the symbiote is protecting Eddie's mind mm-hmm. from trauma. From trauma, exactly. Yeah. Which is interesting to think about. But we, it also makes sense. And we do, because we do later on have him have the memory where it's like, wait, I was even at Flash's funeral and you've just, I've just forgotten, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was just one thing I was very curious about because it does play such an integral role to a lot of the uh, emotional side of the things mm-hmm. we see yeah. Eddie going on through this is a lot of the guilt of like exactly, you know, him knowing the symbiote's like, dude, Flash is the better you, bro. Like that guy yeah. used me fucking like an AR, used me like a handgun, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, from, let's, let's go ahead and talk about this book. Yeah. Um, so this is the first time Eddie's back as Venom mm-hmm. in a long time. This book, how did you guys feel about this book? This book is dope. The artwork's fucking sick. Mm-hmm. Donnie obviously loves Eddie. How did you guys feel about this book? The the first six issues. Let's talk about, actually, like the first one issue. Yeah, really? Because there's a lot to get just from that very first issue. I mean, we yeah. even get a time you know we get the first couple of pages that are like way set back in time with like beowulf era for some reason then right. we immediately jump forward to like uh, the most american looking film i've ever seen just dark pure grittiness just not a light turned on in the apartment looking uh yeah. eddie brock you know yeah <laughs> um and it looks almost like a horror film or something because he's yeah. like popping pills and has like a dirty razor and then the next thing you know he's just swinging through the heavy rain is fucking with that s- spaghetti webbing yeah fucking heavy I, rain how does his webbing work is it actual webbing because sometimes yeah. it looks like venom and sometimes it looks like webbing you know and that's what i think was interesting is there is that are they two different things <laughs> that he's like uh, launching I think from venom himself <laughs> can create it right yeah venom yeah. can create that webbing. webbing and i think it's just because he while he was on Spider-Man, the symbiote was on Spider-Man. He enjoyed having the webbing. Spider-Man, it was like the way Spider-Man used the Venom symbiote. Yeah. He was able to produce webbing through it, mm-hmm. and he never needed his web shooters while he wore the black costume. It, it like he it, the symbiote like grows from anything it finds to make itself stronger. So yeah, it was right. like, oh, this exactly. shit makes me way better at getting around. But I mean, there's a part in here where they talk about the green goop. Mm-hmm. That comes out of his mouth and how it's his waist. <laughs> I would have liked to believe that it was this webbing yeah. beforehand. You know, like, oh, this is just the nutrients I don't need just going out and becoming this webbing. That's smart. Uh, but yeah, we find out. Oh, also, for whatever reason, the jack-o'-lantern is like one of Venom's like biggest antagonists. <laughs> and I never really got that. I had never read. I've never read any Venom, really, other than a little bit of Rick Remender's. It's yeah. probably and just because of the fire. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, but we see that for whatever reason, the symbiote isn't always like working. Right? Yeah, he's not always in control. Eddie's not in control. The symbiote doesn't know what's happening and he's reverting into this kind of like, um, animalistic, like, um, 
prehistoric kind yeah of that's a good word for it for yeah. sure yeah and like exactly not even spe- some speaking some obviously ancient or alien language that doesn't yeah. make any sense and i had seen this this version of venom with like the red spiraled face right. and like the red venom chest and i was like where the fuck i i, th- I don't know i just thought it was like you know where you've seen it what? contest champion oh, you, know where, well, you know where i've seen it is pops <laughs> it's oh, Funko yeah. pops actually that, yeah that's probably more likely and i was like why because they did a whole line of like venomized pops where they venomized like every marvel character basically so when this kind of stuff was coming out i was like why are they just making like weird looking venoms now you know i had no idea that it was coming from such a legitimate run of the comic book you know yeah, yeah. When they when they did um, when they did Donny Cates when Donny Cates Venom came out that's when uh, Contest of Champions actually had that whole that run was, with Noel. that was during Wasn't the King it? in Black that's mm-hmm. the very oh, end okay. of that's Donny the very Cates. end yeah that's what okay. all this I mean, yeah. eventually leads to I imagine yeah so real quick for you when guys when did this come out like 2000... 2018? yeah probably 2017, okay. 2018. yeah um real quick I got this dog clicker. And it's, I'm going to use it for editing whenever there's something real quick that I need to cut out. I'm just going to click it a few times. Okay. Oh, look at the way it shows up on there. Yeah, that way I can find it later and cut it. That's so cool. Yeah. Okay, so just disregard whenever I do that. Uh, that's just for whenever. I, I can't. It hurts. <laughs> but it, but yeah, it seems like this is starting to happen more and more often to him. They kind of just drop subtle hints yeah. that this has recently been going on and he can't seem to control the symbiote. Yeah. So how did you guys feel about this? This whole new kind of, I guess, look for Venom, the symbiote. Did you guys think this was badass? Yes. I thought it was really cool because it looks more like more primordial it looks yeah. like more savage something that venom should be you know I what agree. i mean yeah for sure like I this is the real alien yeah uh, i mean i agree with that but you know once again having seen so much of it in like weird other formats to actually get to finally see it like in a comic book platform where it belongs it, mm-hmm. it exactly like you said it looks what it's meant to kind of be a primordial like very like ancient you know yeah um i like the fact that he exactly he doesn't have eyes so it makes it seem like he's much more like out of control yeah you know? it's like a hypnotism mm-hmm. dude he looks so fucking sick he does look dope ryan stegman's art is stellar for this kind of book definitely this it, is like what i didn't expect this to be was such a psychological thriller of by design mm-hmm. we get so much of like the internal dialogue from eddie mm-hmm. the entire ride we really ride not even on his shoulder but within his brain you know yeah. it's like yes. even from his first person point of view a lot um and i really didn't expect this so the grittiness of the art really goes with what i feel like is meant to be like a what is going on kind of psychological uh you know adventure we're put through in this and so yeah exactly at this point i was like what the fuck is possibly happening (laughs) Uh, with some greater understandings of where i already kind of knew some of this was going to go you know yeah for sure right um but this was a big surprise for me it is something i did not expect the comic book to go to was just like being like oh bro we there's been symbiotes since vietnam you Mm -hmm. know yeah (laughs) so i didn't read this book when it was coming out Mm -hmm. um but i did see solicits for a book called so real quick there used to be an old book called nom oh okay and it was about the war in vietnam It, it you know, no way right for sure um <laughs> i thought it was about Nom. some guy named Nam. yeah well his name is michael Namsky. um no i'm just kidding uh <laughs> no but so what they did was they brought back that title but they called it ven nam really yeah and it was all about rick or no rex, rex 
what is his name? Strickland? Rex yeah. in the game. Yeah. Rex Strickland and his crew back in, in Nam. Nice. And about how they were, you know, used with the Venom symbiotes. So that's, I love this aspect yeah. suddenly. Yeah. Where there was already Venom symbiotes somehow and they were being used through S.H.I.E.L.D. or through the government. Mm -hmm. And especially for something like this, Nam, that's such a cool idea, you know? I I think that this is, this is, um, I don't know, it's like great storytelling where it sets up one thing where we suddenly think now this book is going to be about, oh, Bo is barking at something. Uh, This book is suddenly going to be about you know, him trying to track down these old soldiers and probably having to fight them and shit. Yeah. But then it turns into a whole other thing. Right. I just love that this inciting, you know, incident is already so, um, what's the word? Like, um, engaging, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I love that they, throughout this, they, they are leading you one way, but they're dropping subtle hints that it's going to lead somewhere else as well. Mm-hmm. Cause the entire time he's, he's talking to him like, how much do you really know about Venom? How yeah. much do you really know about its past and where it's come from before he even got to this planet? And so, and then he talks about going to save his friends, you know, and it's mm-hmm. like, it, like you said, it makes you think that that's where it's going, but then it goes the other route. Yeah, and, and the overall design is so smart for mm-hmm. the movies that they're promoting because the movies are literally symbiote versus symbiote. So it's not like Donny yes. Cates was like, "Oh, I'm going to write him fighting Spider-Man and people for right. twelve issues or Jack Lantern, yeah, or yeah, Jack Lantern mm-hmm. or something." He was like, "I'm going to make him have to fight symbiotes because that's the shit I'm overall promoting this for." So I think the the design is even intelligent in that way that I it, to get this experience of really getting to see Venom versus other symbiotes is also is a really cool other mm-hmm. ride you know and it's something that probably maybe didn't get to be done quite as much uh in the past i mean obviously he fights carnage and other characters yeah. like that but i feel like this is so much different in a way where these aren't like other such sentient symbiotes these are I mean, once again such on a more primordial level and then so it creates something uh very very different than i you know would have exp- expected coming into it you know for sure yeah um how do I, you guys feel because I don't think between the three of us, we've read a lot of Venom. No. no. How do you guys feel about Venom being a good guy? Because he kind of has been. For a long time at this point. Because he was before he got cancer mm-hmm. in the late 90s. And then he, uh, during the 2000s when he was anti-Venom and, and Mac Gargan was Venom, he was obviously an antagonist there because he was anti-Venom. And, yeah. Um, how, and then obviously with Rick Remender's Agent Venom remaking him like a, like a, what is it called? An anti-hero? Yeah. How do you guys feel about the symbiote being a good guy? Does it exist on both of them at the same time at any no. point? No, it's the one symbiote has literally lived on yeah. Flash and then when he dies, it kind of makes its way back to Eddie is what we're meant to understand. Yeah. And Eddie Brock's just dead the entire time Flash Thompson had it. Is that what we're supposed kinda, to say? Yeah, pretty much. For the most part. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, see, because that's one thing that confuses me is like I, it, I feel like if they're so sentient or so hive minded, this one symbiote could technically be in two places at the same time, could it not? And so that's in theory, you know, yes, that's, that's no. up to the writer. Yeah, because there's yeah. some writers that are like, oh no, well the symbiote had an offspring, and so that's why we have Carnage. Yeah. Or there's another slurps is out there yeah. fucking shit then, up, you know. And then Carnage has an offspring, and that's toxin, it, yeah. right? You know, and it just keeps going yeah. into all this other shit. But it's like. There have been times where some writers are like, oh, no, the symbiote's on two people at the same time. There's just a couple of tendrils between the two of them that 
allows them to fight at the same time. Oh, that, dude, I guess. That'd be hilarious. There's just a tiny little string of symbiote just always between. They're like on the other side of the planet. There's just a tiny string of symbiote like under the ocean. We're connected. <laughs> I'm going to cut that. <laughs> that's so rude. Okay. That's, uh, so real quick, that's the whole reason I bought this. <laughs> the fuck with this. <laughs> the fuck with you. I'm gonna cut all of that. I'm just kidding. Um, um, I fucking love classic Venom look. I do too. You know, like I mean, I don't give a shit if you put spirals on his face or what. You son of a bitch. Um, when we finally get this fucking shot of him fucking just smashing the front of the truck, and he's like, "Oh no, bro, I'm good now. I know I was all fucked up earlier, but I'm in control again." Yeah. And that was something I didn't expect was so much inner dialogue between the two of them. And it seems like Donny Cates knew a lot of what was going to be, or how the movie was going to at least That's be. That's kind of how it's always been in though. setup where they talk along. Yeah. Once again, I don't think we've read a lot of. Venom stuff or you know i haven't even read a lot of spider-man that had venom in it i yeah, feel like me neither um, it's because the whole time that we've been reading spider-man venom's been a good guy or dead mm-hmm. or dead <laughs> yeah and so we never really get to see his internal monologue or you know just stuff like that so it's you you kind of had to have been a venom fan to really get this idea of venom because my interpretation of Venom has always been very classic where he's just one of Spider-Man's greatest villains. Yeah. You I mean, he's just the big buff bad guy version of Spider-Man, right? I've, yeah. <laughs> I've always thought about it having its own mind and voice. Though. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. even without reading those comics, though. Yeah. Like I've sure. always thought about it like it, it talked to them, you know, and they have to have some sort of inner monologue. Yeah. I mean, you would have to assume because it is a living thing. Mm-hmm. And even whenever Spider-Man has it, it starts to kind of communicate with him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not all the time vocally, but, you know. Yeah. It, it kind of like makes him think certain ways, you know, right. yeah. like the way it does with Eddie Brock. And we see you know? that obviously it has yeah, greater control over his mind than he knows. But I guess it was a big surprise to see such a sentience in it where they mm-hmm. literally are like having full on conversations. And it's not even just like a voice in his head being like kill that puppy you know or something you know it's, it's, it's like, like no i think we should kill that yeah, so look how good that looks to eat doesn't it you know and like it just has so much more conversation to be had than you know i was genuinely surprised by that and then the movie obviously leans into it so much grander mm-hmm. cool that's us leaping into the movie sorry yeah spoilers but yeah, then we get these fucking crazy looking motherfuckers. Yeah. See, and even at this part, I was all, oh, dude, this is so cool. He's about yeah. to have to fight them yeah. somehow. We see, let's describe what the panel is. It is <laughs> just all of the nom Super so- symbiote soldiers, symbiote soldiers mm-hmm. are, they've been broken out of their, I guess, cryo chambers. Um, and uh, Venom is trying to save them. But then they get like sucked back in or something like that. They choose to go back in. Right here before that. um, Oh, the Venom symbiote is trying to escape from Eddie because because of all the fire and shit. Yeah. No, not only because of that, because they start talking in that ancient language and it scares him. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like alphas. Yeah, Ah. exactly. That's how it's described (laughs) later on that he's like showing his belly to the alpha. Yeah. So he leaves Eddie and then he's like, oh, fuck, no, Eddie's going to die. So then, yeah. Paul, let me show me your belly. No. <laughs> that was your belly button? <laughs> I did not. But I, I love the We get this flash. You know, yeah. I, love, I love fun uh, onomatopoeia. You know? yeah. Is that the flash? Yeah, that was the flash. <laughs> exactly. He just came in really quick and then left. You know? Flash. Uh, and then we get some fucking fucked up shit. Like yeah, a, we get some skeletons and shit. We get some skeletons. Dude, that shit. part looked badass. And that crack, crack, boom. Yeah, the crack, crack, boom. 
Yeah, Ryan Stegman's good at that shit. That's how lightning <laughs> sounds, by the way. Kaka boom. Um, so this this also plays into Marvel mythology where it turns out the whole time Grendel well, first of all, Beowulf is real. Yeah. And Grendel was this dragon that is like a giant symbiote dragon that mm. I guess Shield acquires at some point, yeah. cuts them up. Which is makes... ridiculous. How does Shield because, always get this shit? <laughs> because in this in the poem of Beowulf, uh Grendel and the dragon happen at two completely different times. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah, like Grendel wow. is the first monster they encounter while they're there, like in the hall. Mm-hmm. And then the dragon comes years later when Beowulf's a much older man. It is true. So do you think... We learned that, that is... back in Once in Future. Go and listen to our episode. Oh, true. <laughs> uh, I learned that. I know. The story. No, I you learned it during Once in Future. I'm okay, just referencing our episode, from Damien. Uh, go, go listen to that episode. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna cut that. <laughs> uh, so real quick, the do you think this idea of mm-hmm. the Grendel and the dragon obviously happening at, happening at completely different times? Mm-hmm. Do you think that that is explained or easily explainable in the Marvel universe as being just misinterpreted story? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, Definitely. But I can also believe that. The dragon wasn't the only symbiote there oh. at the time. So maybe there was something that looked more like fucking Venom, mm. you know, mm-hmm. and that giant monster as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it, this, you know what I mean? Yeah. This is where the book gets into cosmo, Cosmopolitan. Yeah, we get that shit. Cosmopolitan shit Cosmo, with the stars, you know, yeah. dipping Cosmopolitan dots kind of horror. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly. what it's great. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Wasn't that your uh, girlfriend's <laughs> major in high school? Cosmopolitan? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And horror. Um, anyway, uh, so the dragon is a Venom symbiote. How do you guys feel about this real quick? That there, that somehow, what what does that say? That it is a hive mind? Yeah. What symbiote? Because we literally get to see it give him exactly like a brief, you know, thought of like all the thought and time that all the symbiotes have seen throughout all of space right. and time you know right so, but the the dragon do you think it is five minds controlling the dragon i see what you're saying yeah because like if they were able to split it up and put it on these different guys mm-hmm. would... it seemed like they were able to just kind of like hack pieces off and throw it onto people and it just like kind of worked as like an extra armor or something because yeah. i feel like when we see that picture of them back in nam it doesn't look nearly as sentient mm. as like venom would be it's not even taking over their full bodies that's right it's really only taking over like their upper body and arms and stuff so i almost feel like exactly it's probably like you know to spoil the later part of this but probably more of like a dead mm. brained sin you know a uh, version of these symbiotes that work more as like a defense and weapon and not well, something let's... that can actually be like hey what's up bro how you doing you hungry for a sandwich i'm hungry for a sandwich <laughs> my name's slurp you know yeah. like what's going on welcome to nom slurp the dragon <laughs> yeah. yeah slurp's my favorite uh symbiote that's who i'd want yeah for sure slurp's uh green yeah um <laughs> uh no so Let's go ahead and spoil like the ending of this first six issues. It turns out Rex Strickland is just the Venom symbiote that he had. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and not he and the man has imprinted on the the symbiote enough to where he can impersonate it like spot on, I guess. That's right. Yeah. Um do you how do you think this the symbiotes can gain sentience? Do you think it's just through time away from null? Yeah, I mean, I think exactly, yeah, time away from Null or just maybe the more creatures they 
inhabit over time they like slowly grow through their consciousness you know and probably that's why maybe venom likes humans so much because they're we're so empathetic we're so full of emotion more than they'd argue maybe like other alien species or even frogs or something yeah like if they came on earth (laughs) exactly we're the most sentient to bind to us would give you the most like emotion things like love and anger and you know Mm -hmm. stuff and empathy stuff like that so um i have to believe <laughs> that's probably how it works is yeah. like that just by binding the creatures they grow intelligence and well, impact yeah. it's, it's just like symbiotes like we talked about earlier it being with spider-man and gaining the ability to do the web true you know the symbiotes from what i know of symbiotes they um they evolve every time they take over a that's host. right yeah so maybe that's why venom had the agency or the urgent just the ability to even become good in the first place mm-hmm. is because one of the strongest mental imprints that ever was bonded with him was Spider-Man's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? That's a good call. And so that's why he even has kept this look, you know, like yeah. the spider-type styles exactly. because literally the strongest thing he ever was bonded to was Peter Parker, you know? So I think, don't quote me on this, but I think that that symbol is also a null so I don't think it is a spider. Oh, that's so true. I think it's supposed to be the symbiote with its wings or something like that. Oh. Yeah, I think cool. it's supposed to be like some sort of ancient rune or something. Mm-hmm. Regardless. Because Noel has, has the same symbol, yeah. right? On his chest. Exactly. But I, I was also going to say that we've actually seen something kind of like Rex back when we read like Spider-Man Life Story and got the mm-hmm. Venom symbiote that I remember had like taken Craven's personality right. and yeah. like, and he wasn't even, he was just bones <laughs> left yeah. inside of it. So I like the idea that that is kind of a recurring thing. We do see with the symbiote that it can keep someone's consciousness even long after they're dead, you know, because mm-hmm. it like, exactly, it almost like, it's like fucking uh, Play-Doh on a newspaper, you know, or, you know, <laughs> Silly Putty on so, a newspaper. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, yeah. Get that imprint, bro. It just you know? clings on to them. Yeah. So, it's, and I even, and once again, we even get to see that much later on when we get the little bit of Flash Thompson that shows up. Right. Know? Exactly. Great job. Yeah. And like they say later on, like the symbiote never truly leaves the other person. It leaves an imprint on them, which is actually, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I agree. <laughs> it's good. interesting. It was Slurpy good. Oh know? shit, Slurpy. Slurpy good. Slurp, ah, Slurp showed oh. up and he went, he's a good one. He is a good symbiote. Yeah. yeah. Great job. <laughs> <laughs> um so as we move on through this story, we start to see more characters show up like Miles Morales. Yeah. I love that throughout this book. They never call him the other Spider-Man. Well, they kind of do, but they call him Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah you exactly. know? The, like, the news was just like, the only thing fighting it is Spider-Man. It wasn't like small boy Spider-Man yeah. or like, <laughs> like there was no hint that it was like anybody yeah. but him. You know? Yeah. It's the human spider. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know that new guy that calls himself Spider-Man? He's the one fighting it right now. <laughs> spider guy. <laughs> no, but I loved his, his entrance, honestly. Yeah. And yeah. I liked that we got it softly hinted through exactly like a news program just mm-hmm. playing over. And so when he does finally show up to kick... Eddie in the back of the head. It's like, well, that makes sense that he'd mm-hmm. probably be blaming Eddie Brock for everything going on right now. Um, and I like that it's their relationship is that he doesn't know <coughs> Eddie. You know yeah, what I mean? He doesn't so, know this Eddie. Yeah, and so he just sees him as like threat and like, oh, like this is a classic Spider-Man villain. So he must so, be. He and, just knows yeah, Venom. Yeah. He has yeah. a history with Venom in the Ultimate Universe. Oh, so in the Ultimate Universe, before like one of the last stories before he ever comes into Secret Wars and then comes into the main universe, Eddie Brock Venom kills his mother. Oh. 
And so the, v- Miles is it like Topher Grace? It's like a little skinny, <laughs> yeah. weird Eddie Brock. It's it is a younger Eddie Brock for sure. Um, I think he's like college age Eddie Brock. Um, but he kills his mom, and then Miles like he swears like that he will get revenge. Mm-hmm. And then after Secret Wars, he shows up in this universe, and his mom's alive again. M- Molecule Man put put his mom back together. Oh, like his actual mom? Yeah. And so real he, mom. He doesn't have this, you know, vendetta anymore. But once he sees, I guess Eddie right here, he just snaps back into like can't oh. think straight yeah. miles and wants to pick a fight. So I, I really respected that that yeah. he keeps that kind of lore, and that you would kind of expect that of Miles uh, in a way because he's still like learning how to be Spider-Man, Spider-Man yeah. you know. Mm. Because you don't think that Peter would just do this. No, and no, and Peter has not. such a back history with Eddie that he would have probably stopped and be like, whoa, Brock, what's going on? You know yeah, what I mean? Like exactly. He would have tried to have a more of a conversation and be like, all right, why are, why is this happening right now? Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, let's take a quick break, and then when we come back, we'll finish talking about Venom. Venom. Hey, guys, we're back. Fuck. Hey, guys, we're back. And we're Shut talking about Noel. I'm awake now. Okay. I don't know if you know it. Fuck you. Okay. So, <laughs> we're talking about Venom. <laughs> Venom, Venom. And, yeah. uh, and his god. Right. So, the dragon fights Spider-Man. Spider-Man gets thrown into the dragon's mouth. <laughs> Venom throws him in there because he has the Venom Blast. Mm-hmm. Right. Which, you could tell Miles is, like, reluctant to say what it's yeah, called. Yeah. <laughs> it's called the, it's it Venom wasn't blast. named after you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just saying, I thought it was a cool name. Um, and Eddie Brock's like, yeah, it's a cool name. Yeah. But, I, but I love that he's like, how am I going to shock the dragon? And Venom's like, oh, I have an idea. And he just trick, like takes his web <laughs> away and just forces him into its mouth. Yeah. He, well, because he says... Uh, how are we going to do this without getting eaten? And he was all, oh, getting eaten. Yeah, that's a good, good idea. idea. Yeah. <laughs> so he throws him into the dragon. He uses the venom blast. It explodes. And then I that's... Guess that wakes up Null. So well, Null, ha- that's why the red spiral is on their faces. They're getting... It's almost like they're getting reconnected to Null's Wi-Fi network. Exactly. <laughs> and so Null has communicated with these five symbiotes to turn into the dragon, Grendel. And then through them, he's able to use them like they're, I guess, like a hologram mm-hmm. and project That's himself right. there through their symbiote. That's right. And so while he's there, he's not actually truly there because we see Venom swipe through him and it just becomes like mush. It just, and, uh, just like a symbiote. Exactly. Yeah. Um, which I thought was sick because yeah. uh, this is, and this is the first appearance of Null ever. Mm-hmm. This is where he comes from. This is why he's in. Every one of the mobile games now, this is it. It all blew up from yeah, here. Right He's here. so badass, and we just dude. get speed exposition that for whatever reason he was just a skinny little man floating through space. Yeah, yeah, so in I, the void. I have a theory about Null. I don't know how much of this gets explained later. Yeah, but yeah, he is in the darkness before the Big Bang and before the Celestials just come into reality. Yeah, they're like what put if, a planet here, put well, a I planet there. A, I would feel like they're from a different dimension. That's the celestial. That's and then possible. They come in to this dimension of nothingness to create. To create, yeah. yeah. So my theory is: what if Null was like Galactus, where he was a remnant of the previous universe, and that's why he has like a nose mm-hmm. and eyes and ears? Because if you think like a whole of, body, yeah, like well, that, yeah. If you think of something that was born in complete darkness, they probably wouldn't have any of that shit. 
you know, and you can't hear anything out in the yeah. void of space. So why would you have sensory is, yeah, body parts? Exactly. But they did make him completely pale. That's like true. Like you would be in darkness. <laughs> so, that's so true. Um, but but so th- that's my theory, is that Null yeah. was before, he was a, some sort of god that somehow existed in the darkness. And managed to slip basically through into the next universe. He's the god of the yeah. abyss. Yes, exactly. Essentially. And um, so from the blood of a celestial that he just cuts its head off, yeah. he's able to pull the necrosword well, out. Well, he, he gets it from its hand, right? He pulls the necrosword out, and I think that's how he cuts its head off. Yeah, oh. See, because yeah. He, he. So how do you think he uses like the creation molecules in the in the celestial to just born it out of its hand? Because it's literally that, that's what I kind of said by his like speed exposition. There's not a lot of explaining on yeah. how the things we're seeing are happening. It's just like he landed on the celestial, he pulled out the sword, he cut it. He somehow was then strong enough to cut its head off, and mm-hmm. then he used its remnants to start creating and perfecting the, the necro sword. Which uh, is the all black, which yeah. is the first symbiote. Yeah, that's right. Which was a beautiful reference because, you know, I love, you know, Thor, uh, you know, uh, God of Thunder and the, yeah. you know, and, uh, and all God that. Butcher. God Butcher. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> I love the Thor stories that have gore in them, you know, yeah, the God yeah. Bomb and the God Butcher. And so I love getting to actually see such an amazing reference back to those books where we see him fighting the golden gods and yeah. even yeah. falling. So let's, let's pause it real quick. And he yeah. says all the names Tink. of the swords. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so... This is, yeah, the birth of the All Black mm-hmm. that we mm-hmm. see had come into existence 10 years prior or so, whenever it was. It was, no, it wasn't 10. It was like seven years ago yeah. before this book came yeah, out. prior. That Jason Aaron put out the All Black in the gore story. And I remember us making all kind of speculation about who who and where it could have possibly come from. You know? Yeah. So I love knowing that Donny Cates is obviously a fan of the books too. You know? yeah. yeah. So he loves Thor. He <laughs> loves Jason Aaron's run on Thor. That's why we see the only thing that can bring the light that scares fucking Null is lightning from Thor later. Um, and that's what like disconnects the whole Wi-Fi network. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A lightning storm. It makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about this? Because this is, I think, the first big retcon that we got to feel and see in real time where you and I experienced that book right out of high school, Gore the God Butcher. Mm-hmm. And then now we're finally reading this book that retcons, not necessarily changes the history, but at least plugs itself into predetermined history. How do you feel about like, this? this I, is, it tells you, like, this is how it was made. Yeah. Period. Yes. Like, yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I loved it. this this page where we even just get to see the the couple of panels where he's explaining like when someone else ended up going and just using that shit for all kinds of fucked up things. I was like, I fucking loved it so much. I thought it was such a great homage that, uh, you know, even without the thing that's like, go read the comic it's from. Mm-hmm. Anybody who has read that will recognize him. Like, exactly. Holy shit, this is the, this is where it fucking came from. So it was the part I munched down on hardest. Yeah, I love to see it and done and it's done so tastefully. Exactly where it doesn't feel retconned so much as like kind of perfectly set in place where we didn't like, really get any information on where the necro sword came yeah. from. So we, it could have been anything. So you know, do you like this that it is a symbiote, the necro sword, or would you have preferred it to be unexplained? And Gore was the only focal that we got to see 
using it. I mean, I think the fact that it's kind of almost explained that it's like the first perfected symbiote. Mm-hmm. So it would have like a superiority to it in that mm-hmm. way that I'm almost I'm kind of more accepting in the way that it works is so symbiotic, you know, that yeah. it, it does really make sense. It makes sense. Exactly. You know, mm-hmm. that even if that was maybe Jason Aaron's plan all along. If these two dudes are like tweeting at each other, he's like, hey, bro, what about this? And he's like, oh, yeah, that's what I was planning, you know? So <laughs> it, it it really does work out, in my opinion, very well. What do you think? I loved it. Yeah. I thought it was such a great idea. Um, I remember when, if this issue came out, this issue explaining, gore, or not Gore, but Null's whole history, mm-hmm. I tweeted, or I didn't tweet you, I texted you a picture of Null with the sword and i was like dude this is the new venom bad guy the sword is called the all black and you're like wow did they fuck up <laughs> you were like i was convinced they accidentally yeah. renamed something the all black too. <laughs> yeah. it's like something different and i was like no dude this is where the sword came from <laughs> and you're like oh shit but i just loved that that it was just like oh shit this is something that we experienced a long time ago when yeah. we were into comic books and it's like know. sentimental out yeah. of all the things. This is something that's funny enough sentimental to us. You know, that's not like big Marvel, you know, mm. and this is something that is a little bit more in the nuance of things. Right. So I've never actually read uh, Gore the God Butcher. You can um, listen to our episode. It's episode yeah. three. It's pretty good. But, but uh-huh. y'all have actually told me all about it. Yeah. Um. So when I first started hearing about Donny Kate's Venom, mm-hmm. r- Donny Kate's Venom run, I like... I wanted y'all to read it. And that's yeah. why I've been wanting to do it on the podcast because they talk about essentially the birth of the Necrosword. Uh, I love that so, name. I love both the names for the sword, the All Black and the Necrosword. Uh, yeah, it's so cool. They're both so but cool. They're both great. It's <laughs> also, not only was it a way to easily explain um, where the sword came from, mm-hmm. but it was a super easy way to explain why the why the venom symbiote is weak to fire and sound yeah but it's actually funny because he says the weaker versions of of it mm-hmm. are are weak to fire and sound yeah where the sword is just wincing at the sound wincing exactly. at the at the heat while he's forging it in the skull of the uh it's the al- celestial it's obviously yeah. unbearable to ones like venom who are probably on the lower end of you know the exactly. strength pool funny enough for all their strength and power i mean they're getting their ass kicked by spider-man <laughs> <laughs> so yeah we continue to see right? all of like Noel's kind of history and yeah. And we see that now both Venom and Miles are trapped within Grendel as he's flying out into well, space. Oh, r- real yeah, quick. go ahead. But prior to this, he like he's on another world and he picks up like a gerbil or some shit. Oh, that's right. And then he turns it into a symbiote. Does he use its life force to turn it into a symbiote right there? He doesn't yeah. turn it into a symbiote. He has. He, he probably has two in his hand, and one of them is he's now giving the symbiote two. Yeah. Is what I read the panel as. Well, because like one, the other one plops down. Oh, I think you you're know? right. So I maybe think he, he was able to feed it. on its mental power to make like a minion or something. Yeah, but I think maybe that's exactly probably like, right. Yeah, he fuses it with himself essentially. Yeah, to give it its own sentience. Right. So he's he's In like stealing its life form and making. 
Oh, so that's how he is able to birth symbiotes. Yeah. Yes. He's he has to take a lesser life form, take its mental capability, and then put it into a little bit of himself to then make a So a, they have to have some monster. kind then of sentience from the start. Yeah. And that's why the all black, the necrosword, is so strong because he literally took it out of a fucking celestial. Oh. oh. That's not a bad theory. <laughs> there you go. And the celestials are next to mindless. They only act as like you know huge laws you know oh, what i mean it's a bummer. i want to imagine they had voices like hdtv co- <laughs> hosts you know what I mean? like we're gonna make this universe amazing you know? <laughs> <laughs> galaxy there <laughs> no, and all on a budget yeah all on a budget um yeah no but then yeah we see what disconnects fucking Knowles wi-fi network it's we get the uh the, the massive storm. we get the dc cameo of uh thor where we only get a nice little silhouette of him you know you don't actually get to see the character <laughs> thor appa- apparently thor is now the god of light <laughs> yes. not lightning yeah light same thing really you know i guess yeah. so yeah honestly have you ever seen lightning that shit's bright it's lighting dude. he's oh it's lighting they, they lighting yeah, they the, misinterpreted it <laughs> he's the god of he's lighting, the god of lighting. <laughs> so he the celestials were looking for him like, we need to set this room we need it lit <laughs> it needs the perfect lighting <laughs> <laughs> we just have we have the right guy for the job his name please, is thor <laughs> please bring in our god uh thor odinson and he's just like, we're gonna take out this whole wall and he just punches the <laughs> <laughs> it just really opens it up for the lighting. Yeah. Latest on the menje. Okay. Yeah, after about 20 <laughs> pages of evil exposition, all the real, some real uh, Dr. Evil stuff going on over yeah. here. Where he's like, this was my plan. Yeah. yeah. I can't do Dr. Evil. Uh-huh. That was terrible. And then Miles is like, fuck that. We got to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I'm going to cut that Dr. Evil thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so anyway. he jumps out with Venom. Yeah, so we get well, we and we get it from Venom's point of view where he wakes up and he's just yeah. already falling. Yeah, Miles was like, "I figured this was better than flying off into space," yeah. which he's right. Yeah. So, uh, real quick, Infinity Game vibes. Uh, Infinity. Game. Infinity War. Oh, Infinity yeah. Game. What's that movie called? End the, game? the end of the Infinity War games. Infinity Dude, Game. Infinity Sorry. Game sounds kind of dope, honestly. <laughs> uh, real quick, I wanted to talk about Eddie. Um, a lot of the times that we see him use the symbiote and then we see it remove off of his face, uh-huh. he has a big bloody nose. And I think there's a reason for it. Mm-hmm. But in my head, I see it as like, oh, that's where he keeps the Venom symbiote. And so when it like rushes out of his body... It like causes uh. <laughs> blood to come out of his nose. Gotta keep least, it in his sinuses. At least that's what I kind of read that as. I I, I think somewhere I s- at some point Donnie explains it. Um, but yeah, uh, the big last page reveal of this first arc is that um, Venom have wing. Or no, I think it's just this issue. Yeah, just this issue. Because then he still has to deal with the whole Rex. Yeah, <laughs> like he started. De- he started gaining powers. Yeah, from. From being reconnected to the hive mind. Exactly. Like he started relearning, well, Venom did. The yes. Venom symbiote started relearning what it can do. And it started letting him know, like, hey, dude, we're we're pretty badass. Yeah. Let us be. And it's showing that, like, just being tapped into that, that strong Wi-Fi, you know what I mean? Getting mm-hmm. that connection again just gives you, I mean, once you got the internet, bro, you got so much more capabilities than without it, you know? So. Now, that's that's uh, that's gigabit speeds. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you're so he downloaded some wings, you know, yeah. he flew down to the ground. 
Uh, and he saves Spider-Man. And he saves Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Which is great. Very unvenom-like. You know? Yeah. Right? What a fucking weak poser. I'd be like, look, I can finally watch a Spider-Man die. <laughs> 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 um, so, but how do you guys feel about this book? Just real quick, because we kind of talk about how Rex is not a man anymore. Yeah, so we kind of talked on that. And, but yeah. then, the, I guess the dragon kind of comes back. And then they yeah, fuse so together they have to, to fuse together, and then he becomes... No. He sure. becomes like a giant, like, war machine venom thing. Which um, was... How'd, you, how'd y'all like that? With him just taking all the... Like, oh, look at all the guns. Now they're a part of me. Yeah. Now I'm a giant gun. I figured if he has all these tendrils, he can, like, make that work. Yeah, no, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, it worked for me, exactly. Yeah. Or I just... I always imagine venom as just being something that can exactly just be, like, you can just stick stuff in it, you know. I can just mm-hmm. walk up and just, like, and just like yeah. stick something in, and it would just stay. So. And then he just like shoots soda cans at you. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but honestly speaking, do do you guys like this book? Does it stand up to, I guess, like what Cosmic Ghostwriter and Thanos did for us earlier uh, a couple weeks ago with Donny Cates? Do you think this stands up in the in the same realm? I definitely enjoyed Cosmic Ghostwriter more. You did, and I think that's because of how playful it was. Mm. So this this comic, these comics take a much more serious tone. Yeah. You know, and so you're dealing with this other stuff. So it's 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 not that the ghostwriter, Cosmic Ghostwriters was better. Mm-hmm. It's more just that this gives you a completely different vibe when you're reading it. So do you think... You know, this you... is like watching a thriller versus watching a comedy. You yeah, know. but so let's talk about this, this whole kind of grim, dark look at, at the Marvel Universe. Do you think it lands with Donnie's writing and, and how it how it is and everything? Definitely. Yeah. I think he did a great job of writing both stories. And I agree with Paul Damien that that is the primary difference where Cosmic Gross Rider kept it so much more lighthearted, even when it was like, yeah, man, I've been around for a million years and I'm fucking crazy now. Yeah. This is such a more darker look at like the psychological issues that would come with having like mm-hmm. greater power forced onto a human mind, you know? Mm-hmm. And so um, I really enjoyed both books a lot. They're very different reads you know and that's what i think shows his ability to kind of like bend as a writer Mm -hmm. but it also comes greatly down to the artwork that's put to it you know what i mean i think the the darker tonality of what we're seeing in a Mm -hmm. lot of the visuals of these comics is what also makes them feel much more serious and heavy toned you know um from what we're experiencing right versus cosmic ghost writer where it's so much more colorful and Mm -hmm. all the and all those colors seem to blend together here you have very distinct borders between everything yeah you know it's almost black and white you know what i mean for sure for sure um i think this book is Donnie is at his best. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. this is what he wants to make. I think this is what he sets out to make. I think this is what he truly yeah. is, is this mm. book. And I think Cosmic Ghost Rider was him having some fun. Yeah, just yeah. shooting the shit. Yeah. Exactly. And then I think Thanos was him cutting his teeth for this book. Right. Because Thanos is a lot about like all this new lore that he has to implant into this weird future, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but this is, I think, where... Thanos might have worked better for me is if he were able to stretch it across 40-something issues, you know? Oh, really? Yeah, because as much as I don't care for the idea of, like, a future Thanos and Thanos having to deal with that, I feel like if Donnie had as much ideas as he does, obviously, for Venom, for Thanos, he could have definitely stretched that story out to be to have something at the beginning and then end kind of where it ends where we see it. Yeah, let's be honest. It was kind of rough getting through those Thanos issues. Not like rough, mm-hmm. but it was 
definitely different and we talked about it mm-hmm. you know it was work yeah it was yeah. work would you, do you can you see yourself getting through 40 issues of thanos if, if it was designed more like this i think yeah. is what you're saying where yeah. you know thanos it was like well here's thanos and now let's immediately throw him into the future and here's his future self now let's give a shit about their relationship yeah. it did feel rushed yeah we yeah. from the start we're getting inner i mean from page one of this we're getting inner dialogue from eddie brock it mm-hmm. just feels so personal and it, it and by the end of the first issue you're rooting for him mm-hmm. you know no matter what prior dispositions you had about this character before this you know whatever Topher Grace put in your mind in Spider-Man 3 is just washed <laughs> out and we get you really get this version of Eddie Brock pretty quickly and I yeah. think that's what's really impressive because you're right I haven't read anything great with Venoms or anything with a lot of Venom in it so or specifically Eddie Brock is Venom um, so for me he's exactly he's just the kind of a classic Spider-Man villain so it, right. there was a lot of quick work to make him someone you want to actually root for right even if it was as simple as being like no i've been a good guy the last few years trust me <laughs> yeah through inner dialogue you know um, um oh what well, you i was saying? gonna say that in this comic they they show like some characters that i i've never even really heard of um but this is reed richards from another universe the yes. maker so this is from the same universe that miles is from so from mm-hmm. the ultimate universe from the ultimate universe okay and what's what's his deal he, I don't know, but we're going to get there because yeah. if we're going to do Hickmania, like I've been pitching, we will read his origin eventually because okay. I think his origin is in Hickman's Ultimates. I don't know for sure, but I think that's where it is. Because to me, he seems like, you know, obviously Reed Richards, the smartest man on the fucking planet, but like the other side of the scientific spectrum, yeah. you know, you have the, the He's like the superior the humani- Reed Richards, yeah, basically. You have the humanitarian scientist but then you have the scientist that's the sinister that, that doesn't give a fuck what it takes He's, dare i say yeah. mad yeah the mad scientist <laughs> exactly yeah and uh, and it seems that that's what this is leaning towards and i yeah. i really fucking enjoy it so to me this was donnie's way of doing spider-man but dark okay okay like spider-man what if he runs into issues who does he run and go ask for help read like especially scientific issues this is donnie's version of of dark spider-man who does venom get stuck with his evil read yes. the maker who just who just loves to walk around with a scalpel for no reason <laughs> yeah he doesn't even use it i know we hardly see him stretch throughout this whole book yeah that's yeah. one thing i was gonna say he really doesn't do much and even once we see venom escape he's like ah well i'll just do something else then <laughs> i was like really like you're just gonna give up that easily that doesn't feel very uh the maker but well, I mean, it, it actually feels like like when you first see him you don't see him stretch at all but as soon as he stretches the first time he's like never unstretched that's, that's kind of true he's just kind of like yeah like all wiggy, <laughs> wiggy around you know <laughs> that's his venom symbiote so, wiggly w- wiggles <laughs> wiggles um, but yeah, I, I like all of this it because makes. it's a cool way to do exposition mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just have him have the maker as a therapist. Oh, oh, look, that's my photo for the uh, Discord. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the maker is basically his therapist. Um, and w- this is where it starts to like dig into what Donnie kind of wants to do for the rest of the book, which is make this long episodic kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and I think it's great. I th- this this these two issues are drawn by uh, Eben or Iben Coelho. And I think they look great. Oh, the fact that Reed was at some point able to pull the codex uh, from uh, 
from Flash Thompson. Yeah. And then so Eddie uses it to become Agent Flash. Venom. Yeah. With just for a moment, and he can even talk to Flash for that moment because his consciousness is a part of it. Yeah. It's it's like this the codex has a perfect imprint of Flash's personality. Exactly. Going back to like, you know, once again, Rex Strickland or like talking yeah. about uh, mm-hmm. Craven from Life Story. You know, I feel like after so much time of being attached to someone, it would really get that kind of copy paste version of you that, you know, isn't really you, but is like, you know, a two dimensional version of who you yeah. might have been at some point. In it's time. like an AI right. version. Of mm-hmm. um, I am bummed that he he loses it like yeah later. i was bummed too honestly when this happened i was like that's dope we kind of are gonna get both worlds in a way now i thought he would maybe not be able to harness it entirely but i thought we were gonna get like maybe, sometimes he could do it yeah like flash in his mind you know that yeah if in the right condition so i was bummed that he just instantly was like well it just burned out all the flash and now he's just gone permanently it's like well that's kind of a bummer because he's it's just so cool to yeah. get exactly to once again to get to see agent venom doing what he does yeah is just so unique and different than anything we ever saw. I can imagine. I can imagine he did gain something from that. You know. Yeah. Like some sort of extra he ability. He can shoot guns now. Yeah, he can shoot guns now. <laughs> um, but the personality was just a memory. You right. Know? Do you think there would have been some lashback if, at any point, Eddie could just be Agent Venom? Or do you think? Yes. Oh, like people like. I uh, think people would have been upset. Yes. I don't um, know. But I, I do think that that would be a huge cop out that and mm. that's me. I would have been upset with that if they're just like, all right, he's just Agent Venom now. Like that would have been well, cool. But not, like at the same time, I feel like he deserves his own story moving forward. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't I don't because like I've never seen the show Ben 10, but that's <laughs> what I would have kind of expected from this where it's just like at any point he could just turn on that version of venom and then it burns out temporarily yeah you See, know exactly gotcha. it's almost like uh i'm now i'm trying to for think 10 minutes mean, right? it's like different <laughs> for, is that the is that the ben 10 thing? i think so yeah. <laughs> i think at first that's he's fun. been 10 minutes that's where the name comes from <laughs> it's been 10 minutes you can't be the <laughs> can't big be monster the, anymore and at first he only has 10 different like Aliens he could turn into. Yeah. For some reason, the best thing I can think of is like Deoxys, the Pokemon, you know, oh, where yeah. it has like all these, de- like as a oh, defense form, form and an form, attack form. form. Yeah. And so it's like different versions of the Venom he can kind of transform it's into. Big form and small form yeah. and yes and form and slurp form. And, uh, slurp form. Dude, he's got the slurp mode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's when slurp symbiote comes yeah. along and attaches. Yeah. So right here, yeah. Um, I guess this is the maker just watching things play out. We have, um, well, it's fucking Thanos with his head chopped off, yeah. which yeah. is what we had just read. Mm-hmm. And then um, is that Spider-Man? It's, or is that, what is that, Secret Wars? That's going to be the second Spider-Verse. Okay, second Spider-Verse. That's, that's Doom. Love, no, that's the, the Unseen. <laughs> what, oh, what did you just say? I thought that Doom. was Doom. Oh, yeah, okay, it does yeah. look like Doom. Yeah. When I first saw it, I thought it was Doom until I looked closer. It's so this is when Nick Fury becomes the Watcher. Yeah, and so he oh. becomes the Unseen. Is what he's called. Is he is he dead right here? He's pretty much dead. Yeah, uh, and he's then we have um, we have Galactus and the Silver Surfer. Yeah, right here. Um, I don't know who that is. Is that? Do you want to take any guesses, Kenny? Is it um, Loki? I don't think so. I think it's more Lun. Oh, that's a good call. Who's that? But uh, that's he's, surprising that he'd be in a different panel than them, I guess. Right? I know. Yeah, he's the antagonist of the Spider Verse. Yeah. Okay. 
And then what's this on the... I don't know. A Big Bang? I don't know. A, it looks like an atom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's something Ant-Man. in the microverse? Uh, you know... You got big, big cosmic and little cosmic right there. Obviously, it all had something to do with what was going on. And I don't know if if any paid off. <laughs> but this is actually the best yeah. last page reveal. Uh, what do they have? They have Curtis Cassidy. Yeah, but do they have a codex? What is it? What they have? They do have a codex. I don't remember what it is. What codex it is? Is it? Is it? Flat? Oh, no, I think it's. it's I think it's from the Grendel. Yeah, I think it is from Grendel. I think it's from Grendel. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they said that a sample's missing. That's that's right. That's what the makers keep he, questioning he's for a Eddie Brock because he's saying the sample's missing. Yeah. But they're the ones who stole it. So who's now? Yeah. Who's C. Cassidy? Curtis Cassidy. Curtis. Oh, <laughs> Curtis. <laughs> Old Kurt Cassidy. Cletus. 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 That was one of those. Yeah, that's Carnage. But. This person <laughs> with the purple. Yeah. Do y'all have know. any inkling? No. no? Okay. I don't fucking know. This is probably more Venom lore that I just don't know. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. And then how'd y'all feel about um, Venom being a fucking bulldog? So yeah, yeah, that's another twist of fate that we see during the whole maker interrogation where when Venom kills, in quotes, the Grendel by yeah. putting it in the vault of fire... And holding himself the against, furnace, yeah, holding himself against the door, um, he tells the Venom symbiote that he will mentally protect it, um, and then Rex obviously faded out of of the Venom symbiote as well because he absorbs Rex as well, mm-hmm. um, but obviously he wasn't able to. He wasn't able to protect the Venom symbiote, and so it, it basically gets lobotomized. Well, I yeah. think I think more what was happening was. The symbiote was trying to get away, and then it was like, "But Eddie, you'll die too." Because we we see multiple times that the symbiote, the Venom symbiote, seems to really care about Eddie. Oh like, yeah, it like it's it's like a a relationship, like a yes. real relationship where the symbiote not just needs him but wants to be with him. Right. You know, and so I think what happens is it saw that Eddie was basically going to die from this and it saw that Eddie was ready to die from this. So it jumped on to protect him. Yeah. You know, in killing itself, you know, what are you laughing about? The little clear top hat on the thing. Where did that <laughs> oh, I just from? saw it. On the th- you know, when you said the thing, I was all, what thing? <laughs> but it's like, it's a miniature figure of the, th- the not thing. a miniature, it's, yeah. it's the thing. Yeah. yeah. It's a figure. Benjamin Grimm over there wearing his yes. gorgeous little clear top hat. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because people might think we're talking about the thing. Yeah. yeah. The, the movie. Gonna John, Ca- or John Carpenter. Stan yeah, John man. Carpenter. Stan the man over here is going to have John to John Carpenter is the thing. <laughs> Anyway. Yeah, anyway. Um, so, yeah, now that he's mindless or, yeah. or that he his personality is gone, yes. um, he takes the form of a dog. And the chain between Eddie and, and the symbiote, I just love this because of their connection. connection. Yes. Yeah. It's so good. And then who is the artist? Because this is where the artist changes, right? It, it changes back to yeah. um, – uh, fucking Stegman. Okay. This is Stegman. This again. is back to Stegman. Yeah, because it just the tonality ch- was felt like such an aggressive change from you know the these comics before that had such yeah. exactly more classic panels design. So, so then those... we got these long, you know, this feels mm. much more Indian design and style, right? You know, these long uh, horizontal panels. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Right. So Stegman's back in charge again of of the art, 
And uh, this is this is all the family stuff. As soon as this yeah, issue we... starts, they set the tone real quick as well. Yeah. Like with those panels you were talking about, there's just a lot of dark colors leading up to this fucking dramatic event. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think the, both this design of of like how these in, issues intro and the a lot of the intro issue or intro parts of the issues of Immortal Hulk are throwbacks to Alan Moore writing Swamp Thing mm. is my prediction. Yeah. At least that's where, like, I mean, that's, like, who kind of did it first in such a grand way like who, this. Or who, like, put it in front of these guys yeah. to be able to want to redo it, you know? Right. Because both these guys, Donnie Cates and Al Ewing, are big Alan Moore guys. So I can imagine that that's, that's where a lot of the inspiration for these intros to these yeah. issues comes from. Because definitely the second volume, even more than the first, feels you're, like what you kind of mentioned earlier, like a like a more uh, episodical mm-hmm. life drama. You right. know, this could easily be put into like a series or something um, that I wouldn't be surprised, you know, as if they were like, all right, we're on Disney Plus, we're doing a Tom Hardy, you know, Venom yeah. for Tom Hardy. eight episode we're runs. We're doing you know? just Tom Hardy. <laughs> Tom Hart as hell. It's like Venom, um, let there be family drama, you know? <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, how, how do you feel about his dad in these issues? Uh, and and kind of, let's let's talk broadly. We don't have to go yeah. page by page. But basically, we Eddie keeps referring to the accident. Yeah. And we just see a little boy running and chasing a cat. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of led to led us to believe that maybe that was That Eddie, Eddie was mm-hmm. hit yeah. by a car. Yeah. Yeah. And... and you keep hearing him say, like, oh, because of the accident, we're in financial hell because of it. And you think, like... Medical bills. Who who hit him that yeah. would then, like, I guess also sue him? And so you're like, did the kingpin hit Eddie? Yeah. You yeah. Know? Or who they, they like, couldn't sue into paying for yeah. their finance. Yeah, financial Maybe it was problems. a hit and run, you know, oh, that true. kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, and then, but, like... Right here, when we have Dylan, he's saying, like, that doesn't even fucking make sense. Yeah. Like, just like how you were thinking. Mm-hmm. And then we get the real explanation of what happened, where yeah. fucking Eddie, Eddie Brock was, was a drunk teenager driving the, that stole his dad's car and then hit the neighbor's child. Yeah. Which, by the way, why are you not watching your child at night? Because he did say it was at night yeah. that the kid was playing mm-hmm. out. But yeah, no. This I was mean, the 70s, different time. <laughs> 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 I don't know when it was. Yeah, right. it, it, you know, the now 90s, nowadays guess, right? it, it would have to have been the nineties. Yeah, right. Okay, um, fair enough. Real quick, this the beginning of this issue. We see that they're at Todd's diner. Mm-hmm. That's a reference to Todd McFarlane, who created Venom. Oh, cool. I thought it was a reference to your brother, Todd. Yeah, love you, Todd. What the fuck? Hey, Todd. What the fuck? Why'd you create such a good character like Venom? <laughs> yeah, that's what I want to know. Uh, but then Dylan talks right. about his friend Chip. And how he thinks that Spider-Man's a better superhero. Well, first of all, Dylan, we find out he has a, what is a younger brother that's, what, like 20 years younger than him? It's like, dang, dad, yeah. who'd, who'd you, uh, who'd you, who'd you fucking, where's, where's mom to yeah. old Dylan? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Dylan talks about Chip, and that is a reference to Chip Zdarsky. Is that real? Yeah. When does he mention Chip? Oh, because Chip Zdarsky loves Spider-Man. Yeah. So much that's hilarious, and that's fucking hilarious. Chip Zdarsky and Donnie Cates and, and Ryan Stegman, Donnie Cates and Ryan Stegman together have an antagonistic relationship with Chip <laughs> Zdarsky. It's all tongue in play, yeah. yeah. So, but like, but Donnie Cates is Dylan in this case. He's like, <laughs> yes. I like Venom. Yeah. I like Venom the most. Yeah. But my friend Chip <laughs> loves Spider Man. That's hilarious. <laughs> 
<laughs> I know. I really liked that too. Uh, <laughs> it's fun. You get to find all these, you notice all these little Easter eggs. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we learn about Dylan. We learn about Eddie's past. We learn about the accident. We yeah. see him dropping them brewskis. Dylan yeah. ends up being Eddie's son. Yes. Yeah. And real quick, there's a part here at the end of one of these issues where Eddie asks Dylan, have you heard from your aunt Mary? Mm-hmm. Right. And Dylan's like, I don't think I have an aunt. And that, I think, I don't know if I read it wrong, but I think that accidentally spoils that Eddie is Dylan's dad because Eddie wouldn't have said that because Mary is his sister. Oh, yeah, I see what you're saying. <laughs> the revelation of Dylan being Eddie's son hasn't happened yet. And so the writers, the artists, Donnie Cates, everybody, the editor even, let that slip maybe that they didn't remember the relationship that Mary had with Eddie. Huh. And Leading so, up to the spoiler. Well, is that almost a pre-spoiler? I, you know, I, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. I thought it was just, um, just the fact that Eddie's mind is going crazy mm. because he's like, okay, there was a Mary somewhere. Yeah. And I don't know. Was it f- my sister? Was it my aunt? Yeah, yeah. exactly. I think <laughs> yeah. it was somewhat that kind of thing as well. Th- but that, it could have been a mistake. It could have been miscommunication. Way to, that's a good way to explain it off though. It's right. just like, I can't remember who Mary was and who she was to me. Exactly. Yeah. That's a good call. And it's showing how much the symbiote is like diluting his mind or how much its memories are probably even exactly like intermixing to where you, I mean, because you exactly once you had, you know, a thousand different entities, memories mixed into yours, it'd be almost impossible to differentiate whose was what, you know. Uh, We learned that Mary was a figment of his imagination the whole time since she was invented in the 90s. Mm -hmm. She's been a figment that the symbiote made for Eddie and his un- an uncle to, yeah. to and cope, an uncle right to cope with cancer cancer, with cancer. yeah which we even find out that the cancer was Wasn't the symbiote real. to begin with the symbiote gave him cancer yeah because, because it was maker, so dependent on him yeah it so was it, like it if i can't have you no one can yeah you hmm. need me to stay alive mm-hmm. it was all flash thompson's gone i i have nowhere to go yeah <laughs> True. You and that's even, exactly. Now. Even so, in that time when it does leave Eddie Brock, it's like, did it decide, like, you know what? I I don't need this man anymore. But then when we see it back, and it's like, you are the only person I can ever love. And well, it's Eddie like, was dead from cancer. Yeah, you, that's so true. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> so I what it I, killed him from cancer. Yeah. What I think happened is, well, here's another blunder. I think also because Eddie says that he goes to commit suicide in the church, um, because he was diagnosed with cancer. But if if the symbiote gave him cancer, he doesn't get the symbiote until he's about to pull the trigger, and the symbiote stops him from pulling the trigger. Mm-hmm. So he must have already had cancer, and maybe the symbiote could have cured the cancer, but instead gave him cosmic cancer. Yeah. Well, null it, cancer. It cured the actual cancer, but was like, oh, no, bro, you still got it. Yeah, wink. So and then I, whenever, <laughs> whenever Eddie swears off the symbiote, he reverts and gets the cancer again mm-hmm. and then that's when the symbiote goes to mac gargan and then venom he be, or eddie becomes anti-venom i'm just trying to piece it all together because yeah. it's, it's convoluted no it now. is a little bit i can imagine that it's not even like that complex that, <laughs> that yeah. venom never cured him of cancer oh. just kept him alive yeah. yeah you know just kept and, the cancer this little for yeah. this long yeah because it it knew 
it was like a backup like oh well what if he goes to a fucking doctor and gets checked out or what if you know Pete what I mean? wants me back yeah exactly exactly <laughs> True. Uh, gotta keep these options open yeah. yeah he's like what if i go to flash thompson and flash thompson like i don't know dies yeah you know i have to have somebody I have that my still backup. needs me you I know am. it's like it's like a bad it's like a bad relationship mm-hmm. exactly and yeah. in a lot of ways for eddie it is yeah we're finding out that this uh symbiote's real slut you know it's just <laughs> yeah just keeping its options open is never settling on one man you know <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we see a flashback to where Anne drops off Dylan. Who is Anne? The same woman that Michelle Williams plays in the movies. I don't. What? Just a girlfriend, longtime okay. girlfriend. Yeah. I mean, it's really because it was. I mean, I had to believe this was from something where she's like, "We bonded," and it literally just shows her as. So yeah, that's another thing that is kind of confusing. Is that what got her pregnant? Right. Do you think the Venom symbiote had some of Eddie's ejaculate? And then, well, because it it probably has his DNA in general. That's true. So it's all through DNA. Oh because, my god! Oh, so they never even actually cool. conceived yeah. Dylan. It's just because look venom. how old that baby looks. Yeah, that's yeah. like a, that's like a fourteen year old child she's holding right there, right in baby form. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, um, that's just me thinking he didn't know how to draw a baby's face. Yeah. Yeah, a no. little bit, a little bit. He just gave him an adult face. <laughs> well, what it is, what it is, it's the amount of hair and eyebrows. It's the nose. Well, it's no, the, the fucking nose, nose. The nose is fine. If it didn't have as much eyebrows and and hair, it would look like a baby enough. I guess so. That guy's that baby's like my name's Dylan. <laughs> yeah, my name's. He's like, hey, where's uh, where's the skateboard? I need to do a kickflip <laughs> right <Wham>. now. <laughs> they named me Dylan, so I need it. It's a state law. You got to give me a skateboard right now. Lizard shit. Fuck. Um. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Venom. And so, after successfully escaping the maker for yet a second time, because mm-hmm. he just keeps coming up as the weird yeah. antagonist of this story. And that's the thing. Like, I don't think he's even antagonizing Venom here. He's kind of helping him a little. Yeah, bit. he's like true. encasing him in that weird like dodahedragon of light. Yeah, but he is trying to separate them, isn't he? Because he's like torturing them until to attempt to get the symbiote off of Eddie. So. Yeah. yeah. Right, right. But I think that's what Eddie wants at that time. Yeah, but it's because it's because the symbiote is keeping Eddie in a coma, like to heal him. Oh, at that's the right. moment. Yeah. So his he is relapsing. He has or not relapsing. What is it essentially relapsing? What yeah. is it called when you get bad. cancer again? It's relapsing. Uh, it is not relapsing. No. Um Yes, when your cancer relapse. Oh, yeah, I think you might be right. Yeah. So then, yeah, you were right. A res- it's a, a resurgence. It's, a, it's the same word for like yeah, relapse on drugs. Yeah. Yes. Um, um, relapse. All right, we got there. <laughs> Are you sure? It's called relapsing. I'm gonna cut that joke. <laughs> anyway, go on. Go on. What? What happens next? I don't know what happens next. So yeah, so Venom escapes, and uh, then uh, fucking. Uh, Eddie Brock's dad is Carl. running away mm-hmm. with Dylan, right? Driving oh, away. Oh, that's right. Yes. And then the Ven- Venom symbiote catches up to them, catches the vehicle. So that's another thing. The Venom symbiote blocked all of the idea that Anne ever was pregnant with their kid, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. blocked it all out, took all of that. Because he was like, oh, shit, that might be my baby. He, truthfully, <laughs> this is a, a baby conceived by three parties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And... Um, the symbiote doesn't want Eddie to worry about it. 
don't deal with it. It's like anything that it sees as a risk of him potentially abandoning it. You know, it's right. like, I don't want you to know you have a son because then you're right. going to leave me for your son. I don't want you to know you have love interest because then you're going to leave me for them. Like anything it saw as a threat for Eddie being like, oh, I now have this, so I don't need you anymore. It's like, fuck that. You're just not going to remember. <laughs> yeah. 50 first dates your ass. You're going to forget in the morning, bro. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's pretty good. Yeah. The book I, ends. Um, there's oh. a part here, yeah, where he, he pulls his dad out of the car mm-hmm. and then like Venom goes inside of him. And so does this rest of this part with him just happen inside his dad's mind? Yeah, I think up until he wakes up and he's just on the yes, side of like yes, some so random the whole the interrogation road. and everything, that's them together in their heads. And I, this is probably where I can imagine is just a single tendril going into his dad's ears or something. And they're walking out or they're driving out into the middle of the desert. Yeah. He just drops him off, unplugs, and then goes home. Honestly, I think it was just Venom itself. Like, I think Venom oh, that's left right. Eddie. Eddie's yeah. not even there. Yeah, Eddie's not yeah. even there. Yeah. And so Venom goes into him, and Venom is talking to him as Eddie Brock. That's yeah. right. And he's like, again, again, fucked up. With, but it's kind of like the way, like, Flash Thompson, like, this is a guise of Eddie. You know, this yes. is technically Eddie, but it's not Eddie. Right. It's Venom's you know. a, a personation of Eddie in the sense of it's like, bro, this is how your son feels, you know? And so exactly. I'm going to show you how he feels from my point of view of being stuck to him for 30 years. But you what know? sucks is that both Carl believes that that was Eddie and Eddie never got the satisfaction of having told off his dad or even knows that this happened. You don't think the symbiote shares the memory once he it like has implants Maybe. with them? It He's all, to. look, I told your dad well, off. That's, <laughs> that's the other thing. He could probably just keep it a secret. Yeah, that is true. <sighs> and then at the end, doesn't Venom leave? Yeah, he leaves. Venom leaves mm-hmm. Dylan with Eddie Brock. And he literally does something I didn't realize he could do, which is just kind of wander off on his own. And just like... When he has enough life power he probably still has some left over from his bonding with null mm-hmm. he can just approximate himself and just go on so yeah we literally see him just walk off looking very much like karnak or something just you yeah. know hoodie pulled up just but this know. is you know this is just another thing he downloaded from that null wi-fi <laughs> you know he could change so, his form like this from your knowledge is he end up back with eddie brock sooner than later oh after yeah what the we've next seen? fucking yeah. issue i'm pretty sure he's yeah. gonna be like eddie i miss you no it's gonna be like eddie being like venom where you at I like, venom, venom, venom. <laughs> uh venom. they were good comics and i really think you're right you can see how much this is Donnie Cates writing exactly what mm-hmm. he wants to write about the character he's obviously so compassionate about. Mm-hmm. He grew up being like, this guy's getting the fucking short end of the stick. I cannot wait till I can change that, you know? Yeah. And so and I feel like that's really what this is, is trying to give like the redemption story to a character that's always been kind of like seen as a bad guy, even when they weren't, you know? Because yeah. I feel like even when Venom probably was a good guy in the Marvel comics, the masses would be like, oh, that's a Spider-Man villain. Yeah. You know, there's yeah, never been true. a time where like that perception has ever changed, you know? Yeah. Or even characters like Doctor Doom, I feel like the masses would be like, he's a good bad guy, right? Like they'd be like I don't even think they'd say good. Yeah, you don't think no. so. I'm just saying I don't they think they, I think guy. well that's what I'm saying. I don't think he's seen as like definitely bad like Thanos or Venom is. to I like think, the masses who don't know anything I about think Marvel. the masses just see him as Fantastic first, Four bad guy yeah first, it, period. first in- incarnation that's that's what most people see him as and so same thing with Venom mm-hmm. and I'm glad that we're finally delving into this because um, you know you really have to drag this guy through the dirt in order to, to bring him up again and you, I'm, I'm excited to see it you know yeah and 
it, I was I'm actually really surprised with the way that these two volumes ended because like it it's setting up for the next chapter obviously mm. and I'm I've talked about plenty of times I'm not a big fan of stuff like that but the way it's done in this comic just really makes me excited for the next ones and I'm willing to wait you know what I mean yeah like the other ones I'm like oh fuck you just give me it right now <laughs> yeah you know but with this I'm like okay Donnie I'm gonna I'm gonna take the time to wait for you because this is this is fun you know yeah. this is this is a really good story that I know I need more of you know I what agree. I mean yeah I'm excited because we are going to return to Venom sooner than later um, Sweet. unfortunately that it will be a, a little, little while from now because we have alien April coming up. We Woo-hoo! have, uh, we have some moon Knight books coming up, but next week we're going to be talking about, um, Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo's Batman. We're going to be oh. talking about the court of owls. I believe it's only six issues. We'll, we'll take a look. Uh, we'll see how much we can read. Um, we're for sure going to read Court of Owls. We might read past it. But... I'm going to read a whole gallon of owls. You know? <laughs> I ain't stopping at just God a court. Damn it, you know? a court. God damn it. Um, and then come back this Friday. We're going to be returning to Venom. Not Donny Cates, but Tom Hardy's. We're going to be no. talking about... Yeah. Venom. Venom. Hey, you got... I got that Venom. 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 Did you got Eminem? I... That's amazing. No, How do you I get these cameos? Venom. 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 <laughs> Venomin. <laughs> uh, thank you guys for listening. Follow us on Instagram. That's going to be in the show <laughs> notes below. Uh, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We will read those eventually. We should have like a whole episode where we just read a bunch of reviews yeah. or something. So leave us a bunch of reviews so we have them to read. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> also, uh, don't forget to ask Kenny for stickers. <laughs> Literally millions of stickers. Kenny just got new stock. You just can't stop blowing that load, can you? What are you talking about? Kenny has a bunch of stickers. Feel free to buy stickers from Kenny. Thank you. I'm going to cut that. And cut. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, thank you all so much for being here. So, you know, come back this Friday for a little bit more. (laughs) All right. We'll see y'all then. We'll see y'all another time. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Please. If somebody gets sick, they, they blame the potato salad. They blame the venom. Venom salad. <laughs>